Miss Forrest. Uh, oh, so good to worship, isn't it? Let's let's just keep that going, you know? Let's not stop. So much of what we're doing here is remembering what Christ has done for us. And, you know, the, the verse that was running through my head last night and this morning was, you know, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You know, the, the godly for the ungodly. So if you're here and you're wondering, do I fit? Am I good enough? <laughs> the answer is yes, you fit. And no, you're not good enough. None of us are. Um, so welcome. We've got a few announcements. Um, please be in prayer for our candidate, um, Stephen and Jenny. Um, they are, uh, this is a long journey <laughs> that has gotten us to this point. Um, and we need, to be, we need to be, as we're praying for our body and we're praying for uh, for the candidate weekend coming up, we need to be praying for them as well. Um, uh, an announcement about the Liberia missions trip. So the deadline to commit for that trip has moved up from February 20th to February 4th. Um, so something else to pray for. If you know any, anybody that's considering that, um, please be in prayer for them. Ask them if they need your help or your support um, in making that decision. Uh, any other announcements? Really, there, there is a ton of info online in the bulletin on the screens out there. Um, you really can, uh, if you haven't subscribed for the, to the email newsletter, um, phenomenal. You'll, you'll get everything that you need there. So um, now we've got a, a short video uh, from, our, from our pastor candidate. As soon as we queue it up. It's very short, yeah. Did you miss it? Yeah. Oh, no, okay, okay. It's not, we'll save that. Videos are the toughest thing with it. I don't know what, what it is with that system. But, um, so, you found it. Oh, sweet, perfect. Okay, we're back. <laughs> Hello, Washara Community Church. I'm Stephen. And I'm Jenny, and we're the Boyers. For the last 15 years, we've been actively involved in ministry experiencing both the blessings and challenges that come with that calling. Over the past year, we felt God's leading to seek the next season of ministry, which has led us to this weekend with you guys at Washara Community Church. We're looking forward to an opportunity to both share our stories and to worship together. But we're not just going to be there to talk about us. We're also excited to meet you, to hear your testimonies, and learn how you're involved in WCC. As you spend this week in prayer, I would ask that you consider one thing. What does it mean to abide in Christ? What does it mean for you as an individual, as well as the church as a whole? We look forward to spending some time with you next week. We hope to see you there. Perfect. <laughs> um, so we're going to do kids dismissal. We got a lot going on in the service, so the kids can head off to uh, to kids church. Head down. Perfect. And then the ushers can come forward, try to make their way through the, the stampede. All right, let's pray. Lord God, we give you this time. This offering is an opportunity for us to give of our resources that we recognize you have given to us. This is, a, this is an extension of our worship, God. We're not, we're not paying for services. Um, we're not doing this out of obligation or guilt, God. We're doing this because we love you. Um, and I just pray that uh, this offering would continue to be used for, um, for your glory, to bring the good news of your gospel to people who need to hear it. 
We pray this in your good name, Jesus. Hello. Um, uh, my name is Alyssa Wright. I help out with the middle school and high school youth group. And we're going to talk about districts that we were at last week. This was my second year at districts. Um, I've got two of my friends up here. Could you each introduce yourself, say what grade you're in, and um, how many years you've been going to districts? Um, I'm Cable Kingston. I have, I'm in 11th grade, I have to think about that. Um, and I've been going to districts for two years. Um, I'm Zach Brooks. I'm in ninth grade, and I, this is my first year going. All right, I have a couple questions for them. So, Kava, we'll start with you. What was your favorite part of districts? Um, my favorite part definitely has to be the primetime rallies. That's where, like, hundreds of high school kids go in one room. We're all together worshiping all for the same reason, all to learn and get to know Jesus and grow as a whole group. It's not just you going by yourself. You're able to go with everybody there. Thousands, not hundreds. That was thousands. <laughs> All right, and Zachet, what was your favorite part? Um, yeah, I would have to say pretty much the same. Just being in a room surrounded by people praising Jesus together. It was a very powerful time. Imagine, you know, five thousand middle school, high schoolers, and adults just all giving their all to Jesus. It was amazing. Okay, next question. What did God teach you at districts? Kava, go first. Okay. Um, there is so much that happens at districts, and one thing that God taught me there is that I was able to bring six of my friends to districts this year, and um, one thing that I learned was that you can't force people to know Christ. You want you want to open their eyes to Christ, but you can't force them to. Um, we can pray for them and stuff, but yeah, that's what I learned. And I felt like I was being told to, that I was able to trust God more completely in everything I did. And you can't follow Jesus at a distance. Amen. All right, I think we have a couple videos um, and pictures, if they're going to work for us. Here we go. I think my favorite part of districts was, like, getting to know people that I'd never really talked to before, so, like, people in my grade that I've never, really. Like interacted with and like getting to hang out with them for a weekend. My favorite thing was on Saturday night, I officially met Jesus, that's for sure. Um, when Brandon, I think was his name, right? Um, that's when I officially met Jesus. It was something else. That was something that was not a good thing. Wow. I think 
My favorite part was the food, and it was hanging out with all my friends and singing songs with them. My favorite part about districts was singing the songs before the sermon and going to the dance party at late at night. My favorite part was the atmosphere, knowing that everyone was there for the same thing to know Jesus. My favorite thing was just having like all of my friends there and just seeing them grow with me. Um, I loved the music. That, that part was so fun. Um, also, just being able to keep growing in my faith and um, convince other people to just see the light of Jesus. And um, yeah, I also really liked playing Mario Kart <laughs> in the hotel room. Didn't that just warm your heart? Wow. Did you catch that Kava brought six of her friends? Did you catch that? And that one boy said, I met Jesus. So uh, praise the Lord on three. Ready? One, two, three. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, we're so thankful that we have a youth ministry uh, that's so vibrant. But also, we're thankful that we have a team that's going to Liberia. And I need to invite... Uh, Grandma Amy up here. Where's Grandma Amy? Yeah, and you, we haven't formally said this, so I'm going to let you say this whole thing about Grandma first, okay? Grandma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm really excited uh, to be able to go to Africa, but I, I'm even more excited about having a new grandbaby. She's eight days old, 
And so she is amazing. Lana Ryland uh, was born last Saturday at 1.30 in the morning. Um, yeah, so Devin did amazing. Had some complications and kind of gave us some scares, but um, baby and mama are doing amazing, and daddy too. So, yeah. So um, I am also wanting to share, If those of you that don't know me, my name is Amy Krause, and um, I am excited to share with you about this upcoming trip to Africa in August of 2024. Um, we... Uh, are encouraging those of you that may be considering. Um, you may be saying, Oof, going to Africa, I can't do that. You can. Um, and I encourage anybody that's feeling a, t a tug at the heart um, to do that. Hey, guys. It's good to see you. Um, anyway, uh, we are going to be joining uh, Dennis and Vinia Agri in, uh, from CRCA. Pretty cool material they had made. Um, and we're hoping to unify the group with this cool garb. Um, but they are um, part of a Christian Revival Church Association. And they, uh, God is using them mightily in the country of Liberia in West Africa. And so we will be uh, joining them in August. And we are going to be doing um, several uh, some big projects, some water well, uh, digging a water well, uh, teaching teachers, and uh, vacation Bible school uh, for the kiddos. So the song that we sung earlier talked about being um, voices as one. Um, this church has been incredible at supporting um, our missions, and uh, we thank you from the bottom of our heart um, that Jesus uses, is using you, and... Um, we are excited. Uh, let's see. So just look forward to some supporting events uh, where you can support us in going. Um, team members that are like committed to going, can you stand up? Team members that are, are committed to going. Yay! It's so exciting. So, um, yeah, just look at uh, the faces, and um, we really would love you to join our team. And so if you have any questions, please don't hesitate to ask me or any of those people that you saw standing up. Um, God is moving, and if he's uh, here and in Africa, and so we just ask you that if he's moving you, you um, step forward and join our team. Uh, again, that cutoff date uh, for being able to go, uh, let us know um, by February 4th, okay? Um, yeah, so help share the hope and the gospel um, of Jesus. I want to pray. I want to stay here so we can pray. Um, but before I pray, though, to, to say to all of you, so this is an official mission trip of the church. There's a fund that we have, and any of you that would like to support that mission trip, um, feel free to support that fund so that uh, they'll be fully funded in going. So let's pray. So Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunities that you give to us. I thank you for people like Amy, who are the spark plug and... Um, are encouraging uh, others to to join them. 
We pray for these events. We pray for the support. We pray, Lord, for each individual team member as they prepare themselves, Lord, for this trip. And um, so, Lord, uh, just continually bring it um, to the forefront of our minds throughout the day uh, to pray for the Liberia trip. In thy precious name, amen. Thank you. Amen. There I am. Um, so this is a little different Sunday. I explained that to, we have some people from Louisiana here this morning. <laughs> so I kind of explained that this is a little different Sunday because of what we're leading into. I would kind of call it like a sermon slash talk this morning. Um, and uh, I'm wearing my flannel today. I felt like it's, this is a flannel day, um, not only because of the cold, not only because of the cold, but um, you know, just the, the just the fact that we are all the same, you know, no distinction. I have certain duties that I have that I fulfill and everything, but we are all part of the family of God. Um, and then lastly, um, is that as you prepare a sermon, as you work through a passage of scripture, um, you, uh, things are laid on your heart all through the week. And so as I was preparing this, there was, there was like three or four things that are kind of going to be sidebars that it's like, oh, these are things that we need to, I need to say, um, that are happening in our culture that we need to make sure that as a church, as a church, that we keep focused on, on what is so important that's there. Okay, so let me pray. Heavenly Father, um, help me to walk through this passage and also through the, uh, the, the instruction that, that we all need to hear to help us uh, as we lead into next weekend. We ask this in your precious name. Amen. Amen. I've titled this sermon, uh, Attendance, Attention, and Acceptance. Uh, three A's. Two of those A's are for you. One of those A's is for me. Okay? Two A's for you. One of those A's for me. And as, as, as Aaron said, it's just one verse. And I'll read that verse again. Anyone who receives instruction in the word must share all good things with his instructor. Now, that verse, this is not on your sheet, but that verse, some people, um, opinion number one is that verse goes with what we talked about last week, verses one through five. Uh, Brothers, if anyone is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual, restore him gently. So if you're caught in a sin and, and you were stored gently, you should be high gratitude for the person who is restoring you gently. So that's option number one. Option number two is it goes with verses 7 through 12, which we'll cover in two weeks. And, and that's all about you reap what you sow. You reap what you sow. So if you sow sparingly into the person who is the, your, your instructor in the word, you're going to reap sparingly from that relationship also. So it could go that way. Option number three is that it just stands alone. It's just a standalone verse. That's where I'm going to go with it this morning. Those that hold that one is because when the Apostle Paul writes a letter, lots of times at the end of the letter, he acts like your mom when you were a teenager. And when you're a mom when you're a teenager and you're leaving the house with the car key, car keys, what would she do? 
remember this, remember this, remember this, remember that. Yeah, yeah, you get the whole rundown kind of thing. Well, Paul's, sometimes the end of Paul's letters are like that, where he, 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 remember this, remember this, remember this, remember this, where this could be one of those remembers, uh, Gentile Galatian Christians, remember this point. So let's walk back through the verse again here. Anyone who receives instruction. The word for receives there means uh, from another, of course. It's coming from another. But also there's the concept that is coming down from above. Down from above. So anyone who receives instruction in the word. Now, the logos. So now it's just not any type of instruction. It's instruction that is connected to God's word. Okay, so specifically there. Anyone who receives instruction in the word must share, must share. The word is koinonia, koinonia. And when you throw that word in there, you realize you're not just sharing with anybody or for any reason. No, koinonia means there's a fellowship that you have with that person. There's a deep fellowship that you have with that person. And of course, in the church, it's because of your relationship with Jesus Christ. I am sharing this because we are connected this way in Christ. Anyone who receives instruction in the word must share all, all good things. And, and some might stop and look at that verse and say, well, what's this mean? You're like, are we talking materially? Are we talking mentally? Are we talking emotionally? Are we talking spiritually? Well, it says all, all, all good things. Good things means that it's a benefit to the other person. It's a benefit to the other person. So anyone who receives instruction in the word must share all good things with his instructor. And the next question would come, how do we fulfill this verse? It's not enough just for you to know now a little more about that verse, which is really great. But now how do we fulfill it? How do we, how do we live this verse out? And that takes us to the A's. Two for you, one for me. First one for you is attendance. Attendance. How do I, how do I bless that person who instructs me in the word. First one is attendance. And I put up there, the teaching pastor has a privileged position. Some have asked, why do we call it teaching pastor? The reason we call it teaching pastor is because, first off, it's in our constitution, our church constitution. That's the description that's given, teaching pastor. And, and it's good. It's a good title because that's specifically what this person is, that's their highest priority is to teach the word of God. So that's a really good title for that. The teaching pastor has a privileged position. The privileged position is that he stands up here and he gets to see all these faces every single Sunday. And some of them are really familiar and they sit in the same spot kind of thing, you know? And then some of them, um, they're getting familiar to me, but maybe I have not talked to you specifically Maybe I don't even know your name yet, but I've seen you a couple of times. And usually you're in the kind of the same general area kind of thing. But, but just even the sight of you brings encouragement for the teaching pastor. Just the sight of you. That, wait a minute, you took the time to say, this is important. It's important to be with God's people. It's important to worship our God. It's important to open up the scriptures together and spend this. You could be doing a bunch of other things. But you have decided to get up and say, I'm going to meet with God's people. People from Louisiana, they're like, they're like, like we, we want to be in God's house on Sunday. That's why they're here. You know, that's why they're here. So just the sight. Now, 
Here's one of those sidebar things, because some things get hit in our society, and this is one of them, attendance. There's been a huge shift. There are not as many people that attend church as they used to. All across the country. All across the country. Um, One of them is, one reason, is they just don't attend anymore. They've kind of just written off church, and they just don't attend anymore. Second one, though, second one is the attendance is lower because we don't attend as much as we used to. We don't attend as frequently as we used to. And so if you're not attending as frequently as you used to, what's going to happen to the attendance? Logically, re- realistically, it's going to go it's going to go down. It's the one way that you can fulfill this verse in encouraging your teaching pastor is just your consistent attendance uh, to the body when he is teaching. Okay? Here go the second A. Attention. 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 Um, attention in what areas? First off, to the Bible passage. So when he says, we're in Galatians 6.6, 6, you know, you open up your Bible, you open up your device, you, you do that, or if it's up on the screen, your attention's there. You, get the, you give the attention that we're with you. We're right there. We're right there. We're, you know, we're with you on that. Attention to the Bible passage. Attention to the outlines provided. Sometimes um, outlines are given to you. Somebody worked on that. Somebody put that in place. And maybe you're not a note taker, but it gives you kind of a flow of where he's going kind of thing, and you can follow along like that. But those outlines are a, a way of showing attention to the teaching pastor. Another one, to the weekly communications. Your teaching pastor sends out emails or video. I've done 58 videos here, 58 videos and and texts and things like that for you to say, hey, this is coming from the person who is teaching me in the word. This is important. I will open it up. I will read it. I will, I will, you know, just not toss it off to the side. No, it's coming from the one who is the main teacher of us in the word of God. And then the last one, attention to positive responses. Positive responses. I always get negative responses. Those come through loud and clear. But lots of times the positive responses are quieter. They're quieter, but communication is two-way. I've had many people say to me, not just here but other places, because I value communication, that, wow, the communication has been great. Wow, you, you know, and I can go overboard on communication. I have to kind of dial it back at times kind of thing. As if I send, I tell Aaron, okay, here's another email to send out. Do you really need to send out another email this week? Um, but I can tell you, and this is reality, reality, because I've got track record of this. I can send out an email or something, some kind of a communication to the whole body. I, can, I will only get two or three responses back, and they will be the exact same people every time. That's it. You know? I'm not saying you should do a manifesto back to the pastor kind of thing, but just, just that communication back to say, hey, I got it. Well, I'm going to look at that article. Or da-da-da-da-da, that was a good read, you know, kind of thing. It just a little bit of, like, I threw it out there. I threw it out there, but it was like crickets. You know, crickets, say. Is anybody reading this? I don't know. Well, I'm assuming that, yes, there are many people that are reading it or, or taking it in. It's just that little bit back. 
just that little bit back. Now, here's another hit, another hit on this. In our culture today, in our culture today, there has been a change. You've probably seen this. And the change is this, is that when we're in a public meeting and there's a public speaker speaking, um, it's not uncommon these days for someone to be talking while the public speaker is speaking. And they're like holding their own conversation while it's going on. And you all, what's going, what, you know, kind of thing. I've had that happen to me. I'm speaking and a whole other conversation is going on. And I feel like stopping and saying, do you want me to share that with everybody else? You know, I, I, I just, see the, the danger there is that, that that's happening in our culture that we need to watch that it doesn't happen here. That when our teacher is teaching, it's not that you can't laugh and he tells a joke and you joke or, you know, it, it kind of thing, but not like a whole other conversation that's going on. We just have to guard against that. Things are happening in our culture that we have to guard against within the body of Christ. Okay, uh, accepting this. Now, here's my A. My A is acceptance. If I go back to this verse, anyone who receives instruction in the word must share all good things with his instructor. If if the congregation is going to fulfill this verse, what does the instructor have to do? He has to accept all good things. If, that, if this verse is going to be fulfilled by the congregation, the teacher has to actually accept the good things that are coming to them. Now, most teaching pastors and most people struggle with this, right? Why? Because we're independent. I'm on my own. Pull up myself by the bootstraps, you know? You know, that, that's, that's, we're raised that way kind of thing. But actually, if we want to fulfill the scripture, the accepting, the teaching pastor has to accept all good things that come from them. So here, a little bit of story time. In Oglesby, Illinois, when I was there, there was a man that was retired and he had, um, this was his, this was his operation. He had a summer car. And when it got toward winter, he put the summer car in the garage and he would buy an older, an older car for the winter. And he'd just drive it through the winter. Then when spring came, he would sell the car and he'd start driving a summer car. That's, he did that every year. Did that every year. We only had one vehicle. That was okay. But he came up to me one Sunday and he said, could you use another vehicle? And I said, well, well yeah, at times that would, be, that would be great. He says, well, I got a vehicle for you. I want to give you, our, uh, give you a car. And I said, give me a car? But wait a minute. Am I going to allow him to fulfill that scripture? So I went over to his. What happened was he bought a winter car. After he had the winter car, he's like, I don't really like this car. But his neighbor across the street loved the car. And so the neighbor across the street said, hey, why don't we swap cars? A little exchange of money. Swap cars and you can have my car. So they did that, but now he's got a car he didn't buy, and he's still like, well, you know. So he came out, so I went to his house, and I looked at this 2007 Chevy Impala with 106,000 106, miles on it, okay? Not a car that I would have probably bought, but I accepted the car, and I am so glad I did. That car took me to Florida, took me to Maine, took me to Ohio. That car helped my, our youngest go to Moody, downtown Chicago, to get his education. That car, I ran up to 256,000 miles, 
And I just, I just traded it in just before I came here to buy a van because I needed more space for stuff. Wow. Story number two, we were in Gaylord, Michigan. We were, I say we were living in a shoebox. It wasn't quite a shoebox with four kids. But we needed, we felt like we needed more space. So I found this house on 10 acres and it was, I mean, it was, you could not live in it. Okay, so it was going to be a total, not a tear down, but we stripped it completely out. You could, down to the studs, all the subfloors off, you could look right through the house. We're doing this, almost everything on our own. And there was a man in the church that was well-to-do, and he came up to me and he said, I see what you're doing. He said, uh, I want to give you a sum of money to buy all the material to fix that house up so you can raise your family out there. And now it would seem like a small amount, but at that time it was a large amount. And so we, to fulfill that scripture, I accepted that money and I bought all the materials and we fixed up that whole house and we raised our children on that 10 acres of land uh, out there. And as you know, property and property and housing and stuff like that, that, that eventually helped our, helped our children go through college. I mean, we didn't pay for the whole bill, but it helped our portion to be able to help them to go to college, all four of them to go to college. Um, I've had to learn how to accept meals. I've had to learn, here's the hardest one, um, compliments. Compliments. You'll come up to me after the service and go, Pastor, man, that was a horrible, that was great. Man, you are a great pastor. You are a great sermon, you know, kind of thing. And you have to, you know, like, okay, if I'm going to fulfill that scripture, I have to learn how to accept that in a way um, that, you know, you keep the glory unto God. You keep the glory unto God, but you don't, you know, you don't shut the person down kind of thing. You help direct them that direction too. Man, apparently it touched you in such a way that it came out of your mouth kind of thing. So there's that. But this is a two-way transaction. Um, when we sing, when we sing, lots of times we'll say, there's the worship team. That's wrong. When we sing, this is the worship team, okay? Everybody here, we're a team all together worshiping God. Same way when we open up the Word of God and the teaching pastor. It's, it, I'm instructing you, but do you realize you are instructing me? There's a two-way street. Let me run down this list. I was in a denomination that moved you all the time. So when I was in Roscommon, there was a guy named Carl. He was, he was a retired man, no teeth. Um, he, he was a Salvation Army guy. And he took me around to everybody's homes. That's what you would do. Pastors would go to people's homes and visit them in their homes. And so I got to know everybody in the home. And we'd always end stopping at a restaurant for coffee and pie. Coffee and pie. I learned so much from Carl. When I was in Porter, there was a lady named Mildred. And she was deaf. I mean, stone deaf. And, and, but she was the Sunday school secretary and treasurer. And I would hand to her every single Sunday a, a manuscript of my sermon. And I would watch that lady start to read. She would read the whole sermon while I was preaching. When I got to uh, Elpina, there was a man named Al. He had a, he had a business, uh, and a landscaping, uh, excavating business. I don't know how many hours I spent in the truck with him and on drain fields with him, you know, hold the stake, you know, kind of thing. And I would do that, and I watched up close this Christian man use his Christian principles in his business. When I was in Gaylord, there was a man named Kim. He sat in the back row. He got saved. He moved to the front row, and we became biking buddies. 
And, and as I was discipling him in the Word of God uh, during the, all these times, he was discipling me because he had the gift of evangelism. Jesus just kind of flew right out of his mouth, you know, kind of thing. And I needed to see that. I needed to be challenged. The, all these opportunities, maybe that I was passing by. Here, Kim taught me that. When I was in Oglesby, there, the janitor's name was Al. It still is. Al. And he's married to Charlene. And I've heard a lot of stories, life stories in my time, 38 years. I've never heard, no one has ever even come close to Alan Charlene. And to be able to see them uh, raising a family in a totally different scenario than what they came out of. And that they loved Jesus and they would do anything for him. When I went to Machias, uh, I was on my way back uh, to the airport for my candidate weekend. And there was a guy named Jeff who's a forest ranger. And I listened for an hour and a half in that truck of him saying, I just, the men of the church, the men of the church. He had just a, he, he just had a desire, the men of the church kind of thing. And it was like cemented the decision for me. It was like, man, I got to go there. I got to go, because I got to put wood on that fire. And I can keep that fire going kind of thing. When I got to uh, Weymouth in Ohio, there, there was a guy named Russ there. If there was any person who had elder tattooed on his forehead, it was that man. If it, you, know, you look for the qualifications in the Bible, I would almost expect to see his picture. And I, I mean, just in, in he, and I was able to walk with him and watch him, watch him and be right alongside of him as he, as he went through things in life. And then, so I'm, uh, I'm to Washera. I'm here. Who's it here? I know who it is here. It's George Cuts. George knows I love fishing. And uh, George, uh, I've fished in the boat and fished on the ice, George, right? And there's many times that George has asked me to go fishing, and I haven't been able to. I've had to say no to George. No, I got this and this and this and this and this. Uh, maybe next week, you know, kind of thing. And, 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 every, and all those times I said no, George never stopped asking me. Never stopped asking me. Now, George, he has some faults. If you're fishing in the boat with George and you catch it and you hook a fish, he'll tell you what the fish is before it gets to the boat. And second fault is he catches too many. He catches too many fish. So like I'm on Green Lake. We were on Green Lake last year. Uh, and, and everything, and I am just, I am not it, on the ice. I, I just can't catch a thing. There's George over there. Just like that. To the point, I just put down the pole. I stood over by his hole, and I just, I just watched George catch fish. That's what I did. Now, it's kind of funny, but um, the whole idea behind that, though, is that there's a, there's a quietness about that man that has restored my soul during tough times. And I'm so thankful for that relationship of the guy who continues to come back and say, do you want to go? Do you want to go? And uh, I thank George publicly now um, for that. So we are leading into, now this is where we shift. We're leading into a weekend to remember. And I shared this, I shared this list uh, Wednesday night with uh, Pastor Robert's group. Um, about how we got to where we are right now. 
And even Pastor Robert came up to me and said, are you going to share that again Sunday? And I'm like, oh, okay, I can throw it in. But, but really, just the, this, the story of how, where we got, where we are to have lead into this Sunday. This is how it goes. After a year of being here, we put together a search team. And that search team put together a posting of the position. And that was in June. In July, our candidate applied for the position. The first thing that they do is they send a cover letter and a resume. The search team looks at that, says, do we want to take the next step with this person? The next step is a pastoral information form. It's about 15 pages long. Essay. I mean, it's, it goes into theological things. It goes into why you're deciding to do this. I mean, you get a pretty good picture of this person, and they, and they write all that stuff out, and so the search team reviews that. After that, they say, do we want to speak, have an initial interview with this person? Usually those interviews go about an hour and a half, usually done by Zoom, an hour and a half long interview. After that, the search team then says, do we want to take the next step? And that's to call references. And we ask for five references, two of them to be women. And so those are parsed out between the search team and they all make their calls and then we all come back together and each person shares with their notes how that reference call went. If we get to that point, do we pass this person now onto the elders? If we do, then the elders get a packet of the cover letter, resume, pastoral information form, the notes from the initial interview, and the notes from all the references. Once the elders get that packet, they review all that and they make a decision. Do we want to speak to this person? And now there's an elder interview, another hour and a half interview, usually Zoom kind of thing. Different questions, different, different level in which that happens. When the elders get done with that, they have to decide, do we want to go any further with this person? And if, they, if the answer is yes, many times what happens, and it did happen in this situation, now the elders call these references. So they're, now it's, it's coming from a leadership of the church, and they call the references. When they get back and review that, they say, okay, are we ready to do an in-person visit that's not a candidate weekend where they come on a week, a weekday, and it's usually about a two or three day, can be a two or three day thing where we bring them here, we show them the community, we show them the church, we have the search team and elders together, we have a meal together, we give them a passage of scripture, teach us a lesson while we're together in this situation, and also there's individual times with the with the elders that happened there. So we we did that. We brought that person here. And then we said to the candidate, we need you to wait. Why? Because from the onset, the elders said we want to take two people up to this point. Now, while the elders are doing their stuff, the search team is still taking cover letters of resumes and all this kind of stuff. They're, just, they're still working in the background doing all this. And they're waiting to see someone who rises to the top like this first one. And it did. And so when that happened, then we took that second person through each step that I just told you, each step that we got to, got to the point where we're saying, hey, we want to have you come for an in-person visit. That person said, uh, I've still got some questions. And we was like, okay, okay. He had 10 questions. I said, Bring, give them to me, and we will answer those questions. What we did was another Zoom thing. 
we had the elders in the library, and I said, okay, you're the fly on the wall. I just want you to listen. I'm going to bring up each one of these 10 things, and I want you to listen to how these four men talk, how they process, how they walk through this scenario together. So you're the fly on the wall listening in. At the end of that, then, I said, okay, now let me give you a hypothetical situation, a typical hypothetical elder situation that you might have to deal with. Now I want you, with these four men, to walk through that. What would you do next? Where, what, would, what would be the plan? And now you, t- all five of you, now start talking together. When we got done with that, man, it's like light bulbs went off, wasn't it? I mean, it was like, that was very helpful. That was tremendous. So when we got done with that, we invited that, that person came, did the, did the visit, the in-person visit kind of thing. But then we stopped and we went, ah, oh, wait a minute, though. We didn't do that with the first one. So we went back to our, the first one and said, we took this step with that person. Would you do the same thing? So he came with 10 questions. We did the same scenario with that person. And I gave a different hypothetical situation that they could work on. So at this point, now we've taken two people through all the way up to this point as much and exactly as we could. Search team and elders get together and they, and they said, okay, let's have a big conflab here, you know, kind of thing. Knowing that by our constitution, the, the next step is that the elders have to be unanimous in the person they bring before the congregation, okay? So they heard all of that after that meeting. The, the elders went into a season of prayer. The elders, uh, again, called some more references. Maybe it's a different elder calling the reference than the one that was before. The elders had some more conversations with each of these persons until they got to the point they said, our unanimous decision is this man, is this man. So that's when you got the announcement mid-December, mid-December. We announced it, and then it was like, okay, now we need to prepare the congregation and send out emails. We need to make announcements. We need to make sure things are on the website. I, and, and we started doing that leading up to this Sunday when we will end this service in a call to prayer, a, a season of prayer and a call to prayer. And leading into next week where we have weekend where we have these four events, four events. Um, Friday. You'll come in, you'll slap a tag on yourself, and, and this is a meet and greet. This is a stand-up small plate event, and, and the candidate and his wife will be at one of the tables, and I put down there to introduce yourself briefly to them, briefly. Yeah, because there's a whole bunch of us, okay? You got to think of the other people, and so you're going to go up and say, hey, we're so-and-so, and, and we've been coming here for this long, and maybe we're a part of this type of ministry, but we're really glad you're here because we're looking forward to hearing from you. Kind of thing. And then you move on because there's others that are there. Um, at six o'clock that evening, a specific time, we'll be coming into the sanctuary and they will share their stories, this brother and sister in Christ, and how they come to Jesus Christ, and also how they were <coughs> called into the ministry at this point. Now, there's a side benefit for this weekend. The side benefit is that some of you will be here Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. You're going to have extended time to be with your church family. And you're going to have opportunities that you're going to see people that you have seen. I've seen them. I don't know exactly who they are, but you possibly could have an opportunity to go up to that person and say, I've never really talked to you and, and build that connection. 
this is going to be a broken record here. So to use that time to make more connections and for candidates, Stephen and Jenny, to observe this. They're watching as we're observing them. They're observing us of how we interact with one another. Okay, Saturday morning, slap another tag on. We're coming in for breakfast to share in a church community meal. That's a common thing that happens in churches, right? I love community days kind of thing. So we're going to have a meal together. And after, at the end, or when it winds down, we're going to listen to a devotional from candidate Stephen. We're going to hear from him in that kind of a setting. It's not a Sunday morning setting. It's a, it's a community setting to be together. And again, broken record to allow candidate Stephen and Jenny to observe us in this type of family setting. We're going to get to Sunday. Sunday, they get to share in all aspects of worship in a regular worship gathering, just like this morning. They're going to get to hear us sing, and, and they're going to sing with us, and they're going to get to pray with us, and they're going to get all the aspects of a worship service they're going to see. And then to learn with candidates, that with is really important, to learn with candidate Stephen from the Bible. He's going to give us a message from the Bible, and we learn together. I hope you understand that. That as I learn from the scriptures, and I share that with you, I'm continuing to learn from you with, with us together as we walk through these. Uh, I love Galatians. I've never preached pulpit-wise through Galatians. You're the first people who have heard my preaching on Galatians. Okay, That's how fresh that is. And so we're learning together. And I'll, 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 a note right here. Do we know what the vote will be? No. But we do know this, that God's laid a message on this man's heart, and he's going to come next weekend, and he's going to share God's word with us. And that message is for us to hear. Even if, this, even if the vote was a no vote, the, the message that he is bringing is for our benefit. Okay, uh, last one, again, broken record, to allow Stephen and Jenny to observe us in this type of setting, our regular morning worship service setting. Okay, now, during that time, there's to bring in as many people as possible, our workers and everybody to experience this event. <clears throat> Next Sunday during our worship service, our church service, there won't be any kids' church. I will have a little kid's time with them midway through kind of thing. Um, Chris is going to put some together some activity sheets and stuff like that. But our kids will be with us during this morning worship service. After the service, we're going to have our usual coffee cookie time, okay? And during that time, I really encourage the parents with children, I'm not sure what the temperature is going to be, but, but to let your kids run off some steam. Um, you know, take them outside, take them downstairs, around, do laps around the basement kind of thing, but, but assist them to just, you know, work off a little steam because at 11 o'clock we're going to come back in because there's no come for more and there's no children's classes, okay, because we want as many people as possible to be able to be involved kind of thing. So we're going to come back in. We're going to have 30 minutes um, to have a Q&A with them. And, and during that Q&A, you know, I, We've said 30 minutes. We're going to work as much as we can. But at the end of that 30 minutes, then we're going to have prayer time with them, a final prayer time with them. And then we're going to usher them off because they got to head back to Iowa. They got to pick up their kids, um, at, you know, at grandma's house. It's an eight-hour trip kind of thing. So 
we want them to be able to, uh, to get on their way. But I want us to think differently about this Q&A time. Or to add to our thinking about this Q&A time. If you've ever gone to a Going Deeper class at 11 o'clock, those classes, the reason we have those is you have an opportunity to go deeper into what you just heard. Okay? So, this could be a big Going Deeper class where you reflect on what has been taught. You just heard from him. Also, to show other-mindedness with our questions. Other-mindedness with our questions. Here's another situation. We live in this me, 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 me world. But as a Christian, you are called to deny yourself. You are called to think of others. You think of others more than yourself. You're not to take the front of the line. You're to take the back of the line and serve those from that position. We follow the one who was other-minded. We follow the one who washed the disciples' feet. We follow the one who went to the cross, uh, not for himself, but for you. We love because what? He first loved us. So that's always going to be a tension in our world as Christians in this me, 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 me world that we keep our focus on other. So let me give you some ideas here. Just suggestions. Think about this. Pastor Stephen, wow, you got really passionate about that point in the scriptures. Um, why so? I mean, what, what, was, what was driving? Was there something else you wanted to say about that? Jenny, Jenny, it must be scary if this happens. It must be scary moving from your home state, moving farther away from your, from your parents, and you've got three kids, and you're bringing them in and adjusting from there. Um, it, what would be a tremendous help to you making that transition from a congregation? Uh, Stephen, our message is Jesus, our motive is love, and our method is discipleship, and we want to spiritually grow. What, how would you gauge spiritual growth in a congregation? What, what would be the things that you're looking for? Um, Jenny, we're not asking you to do anything here. We want you to be a part of the family, and we want you. To, we don't have a list of things, you know, for you to do once you get here. Um, but, but, and we want you to support your husband. But we always know that there's sometimes there's a passion on your heart. Maybe it's not realized yet, but there's a passion. Is there a passion on your heart that you would really love to see happen in your life, Stephen? Um, maybe you haven't thought about this yet, or maybe you have. But if you were to come here. Where would you first take us in the scriptures? And why? And why? Now, um, I'm just trying to help us to think otherwise. Otherwise. And I, you know, it, it, someone might say, man, you're really, you're really um, pushing us. Like you, You're telling us what to ask. Um, well, I will guard what you ask. And I better. I better do that. I better guard um, that the things that we, the conversations that we have with one another are godly conversations. And um, so, so there are too many man-made institutions that have come into the church. And there's someone has to say, no, that is not allowed here. I'm, not, I'm just 
I'm just saying that. That's the reason I am giving you direction on how we respond to one another in those situations. Um, we want strong leadership in our government, don't we? Government that is um, uh, rewards the right and punishes the wrong, right? We want strong leadership in that. We want strong leadership in our families. We want that leadership strong that provides for the family unit that's there. We want that. We also want strong leadership in our church, in our pulpits, that hold to the word of God and say, this is our direction. We are not wavering one side or the other. So when I talk like that, it's because I'm a pastor. It's because, I, uh, yes, I, I'm going to be strong about those kind of things. There, like, there's a lot of issues going on in our world. That's okay. But for us, as a church, we go to the Bible. We don't go to CNN. We don't go to Fox. We don't go to some podcast. We go to the Bible. That's, that's part of my job, okay? That's part of my responsibility, to keep the sheep focused on the Scripture. Um, so, broken record to allow candidate Stephen and Jenny to observe us in the communication in this type of setting, because we all have these type of settings, and we have these types of communications that are there. Now, um, I'm almost done. In an EFCA church, this is the phrase, it's elder-led congregational rule. And those two things are together. Those two things are together. And both of those things are necessary. Necessary. Congregational rule means that at the end of the day, on major decisions, the congregation will vote or decide however they will decide. But elder rule is just as important because the elder rule leads you to that decision. Leads you to that decision. They need to be on the same plane. If you put congregational rule up here and elder, or congregational rule and elder led down here like nothing, this church will n go nowhere. They will be stuck. They will they, they, because they're 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 so con everything is a vote. <clears throat> if you go the other way, congregational rule is low and elder led is high. You can feel like it's a dictatorship kind of thing. So those two things need to be evened out. And we need to cherish that both of those things are in place. And actually, if you take elder-led away, we're walking out of this realm of the Bible. We get saved. We get put into the universal family of God. Then we also have, we're brought into these pods. We're a pod. And, we, we, and we're put into these pods so that we can do the one another's. We can love one another, forgive one another, care for one another. But also in those pods, the scripture says, I am going to provide you spiritual leadership to guide you, to keep you on, on track with the scripture. So both of those things are really important. But the second, the last thing I got on there, it's not only elder led, it's elder listen. Now, this is a point that we all need to hear. We, this is another thing we've stopped listening to each other in our culture. You have a position about something. Now, I'm not talking about a sin issue. A sin issue, we go right there. But you have a position about something, and you're passionate about that position. You can be so passionate about that decision, position, that you have to watch it, or you don't hear anybody else. There can be somebody else that's just as passionate on the other side, and you don't hear them. You don't hear them. So much so in our society 
that, that you almost do this. Well, it doesn't matter what they say. I'm not going to change my position. Well, that could be true. That could be true. But does that mean you can't listen? That, that's where our world is going to. It's one side or the other. Boom, boom. Kind of thing. We have to watch that in the church, and especially elders. And elders need to be taught this, okay? Elders need to be taught how to listen. You just assume they know how to do this. No. They get, they get, they get taught how to listen. So when you're in a room and there's two positions that are going on, the elder has to be the person who hears both things that are going on, both things that are happening. So initially, the elders had said, after the 30-minute question and answer, after we pray and after we send them out, that we would call for the vote and vote. That was the initial position. But the elders heard that, wait a minute, there were some people who were saying, um, if we do it that way, I don't feel like I'm going to have enough time. I don't feel like I'll be prepared to vote at that moment in time. On the other side, there are people that are saying, hey, we're prepping up for this. We're doing all this, all this stuff. I'm going to be ready to vote. So there's two different sides there. Then the elders had to look at that and say, what are our priorities? Priority number one is that the, this is a membership vote by our Constitution that the members would, as many members would be able to vote as possible. Priority number two is that any member who voted, they would be clear in their heart before God, before they take that ballot and say yay or nay, that they would be clear in their heart before God. They also realized that, wait a minute, if we stay with what we said, <clears throat> there are some people, conscience sake, are saying, I wouldn't be able to vote. So they wouldn't be able to vote. If we moved it back to another week, another week, we know that there's another group of people who are saying, hey, wait, wait, we, we, we scheduled this, we're ready to go, da-da-da-da-da, and they wouldn't be here that second Sunday, and they wouldn't be able to vote. Can we do both? That's what the elders walk through. Can we do both? There's latitude within our Constitution that the, one of the things is it needs to be members present and voting, present and voting. And we have in our Constitution that we can call special meetings. And when those special candidate weekend is a special meeting. So this is what we're going to do. At the end of 30 minutes in prayer and they're sent on their way with safeguards, those who are here, members that are here and are ready to vote, will be able to vote. And then the next Sunday on February 4th, after the sermon, during the fellowship time, up to 11 o'clock, those members who are now ready, clear of heart, will be able to vote. Safeguards. After that service, there will be a table down here. I'm sitting at the table. I'm a non-voting member. I'll be sitting at the table with the list of members' names. You'll come up. I'll mark off your name. I'll give you your ballot. You'll be able to do their ballot, and you'll drop it in a lockbox. And that lockbox will stay with me, and those lists will stay with me all week. Nothing will disturb that lockbox because it won't be tallied until the next Sunday. The next Sunday, I'll be sitting at a table with the list, with the lockbox, handing you a ballot, and you'll be able to put your ballot in there. Once all the ballots are in, then that will be handed over to those who tally up the ballots, and then we'll be able to know what the, what the outcome is. Okay? That's how we're going to go forward so that we can 
meet our two objectives that are there, okay? And of course, we'll walk you through that a bit. But we want to end our time this morning with prayer. Um, not only prayer this morning, but we're calling you to pray uh, every day. Uh, in your homes, be praying about this candidate weekend and discernment. Pray for that. Also, we're going to have Monday through Thursday, the sanctuary will be open from noon to one if you want to come here and pray. Also, Monday through Thursday, it will be open from five to seven to be able to come and pray. And I want to say, I know you have been praying. How do I know that? Because I've been to almost every Bible study that this place provides multiple times, and I've heard you pray. We've had three weeks of prayer time. Uh, leading up to this uh, at different times in the year, and I've seen you come in and pray. I've prayed with you. I've, I, I know this for a fact. I go to the Tuesday morning men's group at Watoma Rental, and we end our time every time with prayer. <clears throat> and I didn't say anything or anything like that, but when we, we go around the circle, two of the guys in there just poured out their hearts for what's coming. I mean, so I know You've been praying. I know you've been praying. But now I say, okay, let's just keep right on praying. Keep right on praying. One last thing. I, I keep saying that, don't I? Well, so I, I, I think this is important in the sense that, okay, so I'm going to be like super responsible of this box and, and everything. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to be really quiet that week in between. Just like if you go to the polling place, and you get your ballot. Well, they can talk to you about the weather and all that kind of stuff, but they can't talk to you about anything that's on that ballot. Well, same thing. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to be quiet. I will be quiet about that whatsoever. But I also encourage you, uh, not that you be quiet, but that your conversation is 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 guided by what we have learned in Galatians: the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. That our conversations with one another would be put through that grid. And so therefore, therefore, if we check ourselves, if we get outside of that grid with our conversations, we go, wait a minute here. Wait, I'm not, I'm not walking in the Spirit. I'm not being guided by the Spirit, not in step with the Spirit. And so I also tell you, as I'm quiet, all of us, just the admonishment say our conversations should be that of love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, self-control. When we, when we talk about this decision that we need to make, it's a monumental decision, just as monumental as 34 years ago. It's a little different in the sense that there were a smaller group of people that made that decision. On our membership rolls, there's like 300. Okay, it's a bigger number. And we want to be able to you to have confidence as you walk and, and peace with God as you, when you t whenever you take your ballot to be able to say, okay, here's my, I'm, I'm at peace, yes or no, boom, in the box, okay? As uh, Aaron just sing the first verse, as Aaron's singing, um, I want to invite anybody forward. You can kneel, stand, um, if you want to just, and we're going to have a season of prayer here. And then we'll dismiss. And I know, wow, look at the time. Woo! You're like wolfing down cookies.
So would you stand with us? And if you want, if you are able and you want to come forward and, and, and pray, I'll close the prayer. From the darkness I called your name Into darkness your mercy came You called me out Lifted me up How great is your love How great how great, how great, how great is your love. How great, how great, how great is your love. How great, how great, how great is your love for Our Heavenly Father, we're here before you this morning. We're closing out our service to be the first of many prayers uh, over the next couple weeks. Lord, practically, we pray for Stephen and Jenny, their health. Their health, Lord. May they be of good health as they come and visit with us. Lord, we pray for their traveling mercies, eight hours, and, and, and being able to make it here in, in safety. Lord, we pray for their children. Um, as they uh, have this extended time with their grandparents. But Lord, be with those grandparents as they, as they care for the kids. Lord, we pray for each event that we have, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Sunday, um, that these would be times that uh, would be a, a, a time to, to, get, to get to know who they are and have those the conversations that we have. But also, Lord, that side benefit, that side benefit, Lord, that we as a body of believers, um, would also grow closer and closer to each other, Lord. So we pray for that this morning. Lord, we pray that you would help us as we process through our thoughts and our, and our evaluations and, our, and, our, and, our, and the things that, um, that have been shared with us. Uh, and, we, and again, Lord, thank you so much. For our search team, thank you so much for our elder team. Thank you for the work that has been done on our behalf. But Lord Jesus, guide us forward. This decision is so important to the body, this body of Christ, that every member that would vote, that we do pray that there would be peace before you. So guide us, Lord, as we go forward. We ask this in your precious name. God's people said. Amen. Thank you for hanging in there with me, people.